We're making our Monday minicast available everywhere. That's right. You can now hear both our Monday and Wednesday shows for free each week for the rest of the football season. Just follow us on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to hear the Tom and Hawk football show every Monday and Wednesday for free. Coming up on today's show, holy heck, last weekend was crazy. I don't think we can properly compartmentalize what we saw last weekend. And what's next for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Even if he did want to go out on top, if he plays two or three more years, he'll likely win a Super Bowl. Is Bitcoin salary the future of NFL players? When we first started this podcast, I was really getting into the cryptocurrency game. And we make some not so great picks for conference championship weekend. You can tell the teams that are hot because they're improving in December and into the playoffs by winning close games. For me, Chiefs are really hot. All of that and much, much more on the not-so-Emmy Award-winning podcast, The Tom and Hawk Football Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Tom and Hawk Football Show. I'm Andrew Hawkins. And I'm Joe Thomas. Let's just get to talking football. There's so many topics to get to. We had an incredible, crazy wild, insane weekend of games in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Now we're heading over to the conference championships. We got the Bengals, my Bengals, Joe, Mm, one of the teams I played for. They are in the AFC championship against the Kansas City Chiefs. And in the NFC championship, we have the Rams, another team that I technically played for. It was for about a day, but I was a a Ram Mm. at one point. But they're taking on the 49ers, all the drama last week. Joe, is there any way do you think this week will match the intensity of the four games that we saw over the divisional round? I don't think we can properly compartmentalize what we saw last weekend. That was crazy. All four of those games came down to the last play. Three of them were kick. One of them was the overtime touchdown pass to Kelsey um, that came down to the last play. And they were back and forth. But What we saw between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen might go down as the greatest football game in history with as much back and forth, as much was on the line, as and as many storylines that you had coming into these games. And so I think it'll be really tough. But, I mean, you never want to count the NFL out. So there's a chance that these are really awesome, exciting games because we do have some great storylines going into it, right? Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, are they going to be able to get back into the Super Bowl again? And Patrick Mahomes either, even further cementing his legacy already this early on in his life. Who was the best player from last weekend? Because we had some crazy performances. We had yeah. Aaron Donald, freaking dominated per usual. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Tom Brady even balled down the stretch. Joe Burrow, who was, of all the players, you're like, This person was the MVP of last weekend. Spoiler alert, it won't be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's not Aaron Rodgers, nor is it Jimmy Garoppolo. I heard some people trying to talk up Jimmy Garoppolo and his performance because he won, which, yes, that is the only stat that matters. But you can also look at his stats, (laughs) and you can also look with your eyeballs at the game that he played, and he tried to give it away. Unfortunately, the Packers secondary did not (laughs) want to take the game and did not want to snatch any of those interceptions that were Little lollipops being tossed up in the air. You know Jimmy Garoppolo is one of our biggest listeners. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Goodness um, gracious. Hey, there, there's plenty of teams in the AFC that would take Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback right now. I'm just saying. But, um, I no, I think it's, it's important to remember Patrick Mahomes played one of the greatest games in NFL history, but he did it largely throwing the football, and he had a lot of great weapons around him that were doing great things. But what Josh Allen did 
pretty much one on 11. What? I mean, they were running quarterback sweep left, quarterback sweep right. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, okay, now we're going to ask you to drop back, run around, and then throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field on a dime. <laughs> with enormous accuracy and incredible speed. That's just something that I don't think we've ever seen before where a quarterback can run the way he did, putting the team on his back because they didn't really have a great rushing attack with their running backs. <laughs> and Stephon Diggs didn't really do a whole lot. He had the same amount of rushing yards as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Stephon Diggs didn't really do a whole lot in that game catching the football. So it was literally all Josh Allen the entire game. And to me, that was... As great as Patrick Mahomes was, that was even more impressive because when it was nut cutting time, when everything, the chips were all down and everything was on the line, what were the Bills going to? What was Brian Dayball calling? He was calling quarterback sweeps with one of the greatest quarterbacks, most valuable quarterbacks in the NFL. That's how good he is. That's how talented he was. And I heard you mention, well, Patrick Mahomes had a lot of rushing yards too. Yeah, he had one scramble early on in the game for like 75 yards. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when you have that, you're going to end up with a lot of rushing yards at the end of the game unexpectedly. But these were called quarterback runs. We've never seen that. Uh, the best comparison you can have is Cam Newton in that MVP year that he had. Like he was getting those called runs the way Josh Allen was, but he was not anywhere ever near the thrower that Josh Allen is. And he never had the performances throwing the football that Josh Allen has had uh, in the playoffs. You're wild, bro. You're wild. Thank you. Josh Allen, he was phenomenal, man. Like that guy, he is like that. He is top notch. But to say he outplayed Patrick Mahomes, even at all, let alone that much, he did. that's ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes absolutely had the better performance of the two. Mm. 13 seconds left, Joe. He had 13 seconds left yeah. to get this game back into his control. See, this is what you're trying to do. You're trying to make this a conversation between this player was good and this player were bad. I just said they were two of the greatest quarterback performances of all time. <laughs> and so you have to pick one is better though. Like just because I said Josh Allen had a better performance, that does not mean that I'm degrading the performance that Patrick Mahomes had. I'm just merely saying. I know. I'm telling you you're wrong. Patrick Mahomes wasn't getting called runs. And if it weren't for Sean McDermott, totally shitting down his leg at the end of that game we wouldn't even be talking about the performance Patrick Mahomes did with had with 13 seconds left if Sean McDermott who if he would have had a lifeline and called my wife at the end of the game and said hey it's our turn to kick off should we a squib kick it b sky kick it and make him return it or c just kick it in the end zone because we're scared my wife could have told him the right answer because <laughs> as I was sitting there watching the game with her she goes why aren't they squib kicking it? And I go, you know what? That's a great question. And I actually had to call my friend, the Oracle of Kansas City, Mitchell Schwartz, who knows everything about anything uh -huh. that you can possibly imagine because he wants to be an NFL official. And I said, did they change the rule somewhere where like, if you squib kick it, you can like fair catch it or do something that would cause the Buffalo Bills not to do the obvious play in that situation and either squib kick it or sky kick it, force a return, don't allow Patrick Mahomes two plays, force him to have only one play, which would mean they would have to throw some type of a Hail Mary instead of getting two opportunities to get themselves into an easy field goal situation. Uh, she knew that answer, but apparently Sean McDermott didn't know that. Real quickly, we'll wrap it up here, but if you're in that situation on defense, you don't want to use the timeout that the offense wants to use to see what you're going to be in on defense and then you certainly don't stay in in the same defense that's just asking Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to have an amazing performance so that's why my theory of the week is that Sean McDermott 
has some NFTs of Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and Travis Kelsey that he wants the prices to go through the roof in that moment because he set them up perfectly for one of the greatest, maybe the greatest end of the game performances we've ever seen in NFL history. So c- congratulations to Sean McDermott for boosting his bank account towards the end of that game. Unfortunately, it caused them to lose. I could tell you have zero playoff experience. Oh, you don't squib you. kick it because they're just going to get it, run two seconds off and be 25 yards closer to where they started the drive at because someone's just going to fall on the football and still only take one second off. And now Mahomes is probably going to be at the 10-yard line. No, that's why the, the the best solution would be a sky kick, which is the kick where you kick it really high to, like, the five-yard line. Well, even then, you could, you could fair catch a sky kick. Yeah, but they're not going to fair catch it on the five-yard line. Then they're going to need three plays to get into field goal range, which they wouldn't have. So You, you can't sky kick to the five-yard line? What kind of mega foot kicker do you think? Are you serious? Yeah, no. No, that's exactly what teams were doing before – special teams coordinators were getting fired and they got so nervous about kick returns that now they just boost boot them through the end zone. But when they changed the rule to be able to uh, get a touchback out to the 25 yard line, special teams coaches, rightly so. And you still see it from Belichick every now and then oh, they kick the ball right on the edge of the goal line and they force you to return it because most times you're not able to get it up to the 25 yard line. So many reasons why you just won't say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL and he outplayed Josh Allen. He is, in my opinion, who both who both balled out. But Patrick Mahomes threw for more yards than him. He rushed for more yards than him. Same amount of touchdowns, except he only had 13 seconds to do it. Now, I'm not saying Josh Allen, given the situation being flipped wouldn't have also got down there with 13 seconds left but the reality is that wasn't the situation that was the moment the game changed that was the game defining moment where you put it into somebody's hands 13 seconds and they got it done josh allen was phenomenal but to say like even the overtime rules debate oh god here's an idea defense Mm. stop somebody from going down and kicking a field goal with 13 seconds left like there is no overtime like that's that's a stupid no. debate. See, this is that's, where you're wrong. They shouldn't. Bills fans no, should not wrong. be upset about no, the overtime rules. You had 13 seconds to stop somebody from going for 45 yards, Joe. 45 yards in 13 seconds. This is the number one defense yeah, in the league. Does. Stop no, making excuses. I, stop you. him. You can't because he's the best player in the NFL. Four years. Four AFC championships. I mean, you're not wrong. Patrick Mahomes was fabulous. I know I'm not wrong. I'm never wrong. You keep making this like a straw man argument. Like I'm the one saying Patrick Mahomes wasn't any good. It's you. <laughs> no, you did it. He was fantastic. Mahomes, you follow me on Twitter. I'm going to retweet this and let you know. It was Joe Thomas. It was me. Who said that you don't got anything left in the tank. You're a bum. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes stinks. Get him out of here. Trade him to the Browns. All right. Speaking of getting rid of people, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. They're both out of the playoffs, right? That's We didn't expect that early on in this season. Probably the two leaders of the clubhouse as far as the MVP race is concerned. They're eliminated. So that begs a question. What's next for these two future Hall of Famers, Joe? Does Tom hang it up? And does Aaron Rodgers leave the, the, the coldest uh, city in America in Green Bay, Wisconsin? So I'm not burying the lead on this answer. Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers next year. Tom Brady mm. plays for the New England Patriots next year. Oh my gosh. And here's why. So Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> he realizes that what he needs to do is not make more money. It's not to win another MVP and be great in the regular season. Like nobody's doubting his ability to have great performances throughout the regular season. 
What are people doubting? It's his trophy case. It's the number of Super Bowl wins that he has. It's what he's done in the postseason. And so he realizes that Green Bay has a really good team. He really likes Matt LaFleur and his best opportunity to win more Lombardi trophies, to be able to elevate his legacy and put him into the category and the conversation of the greatest of all time is to win in the postseason and to get to the Super Bowl and win more Super Bowls. He can only do that in Green Bay. They have some salary cap issues, which they'll have to work out. But I feel that Rodgers understands, hey, I've made plenty of money. Like, we can figure this out. We can bring back Devontae Adams, whether it's a franchise tag or whatever that situation looks like. We can keep this team together for another season, kind of like Tampa Bay did last year, and give Rodgers the best chance to win another Super Bowl. And that's why I think he'll end up staying in Green Bay. For Brady, there is a huge mess in Tampa Bay. Apparently, there's been a lot of drama that they've done a good job of keeping in-house, but it's starting to bubble up to the surface. Tom Brady, one of the reasons he wanted to go to Tampa was because Bruce Arians and all the offensive skill player weapons that they had, which he didn't have when he was in New England. What happened this season? Injuries. AB went crazy. Yeah. Boop. Uh, Chris Godwin got hurt. And then so he was left with Mike Evans and uh, Gronkowski, which those guys are pretty good. But Gronkowski is starting to get a little bit older. Mike Evans is still really good, but they weren't ever able to have a, a, a huge rushing attack to be able to counter the weapons that they lost throwing the football which, hey, that's all right. Like, we're talking about Super Bowl quality. They were good running the football. They were good throwing the football, but they weren't good enough to get to the Super Bowl with all these great young quarterbacks that are out there right now. And so I think what Brady realizes is that he's not playing for more Super Bowls at this point. He's already won more than anybody's ever going to win in our lifetime. He's not playing for more MVP trophies. It doesn't matter. The only reason... He went to Tampa Bay, and the only thing he was playing for when he decided to go to Tampa Bay was to settle the argument about who was more important to the championships in New England. Was it Bill Belichick? Was it Tom Brady? He left. He wins the Super Bowl in his first year. He puts the nail in the coffin of that argument, right? So we're thinking of the Tom Brady, does he retire conversation right now like he's a normal human being but he's not he's a football robot that is addicted to the process of preparing for football games and a football season and going through the rhythm of a football season and a football year and because of that he's not going to walk away because he's tired of the off-season training or he's tired of the beatings like that's why normal people walk away from football and He's also not going to walk away from football because he doesn't have any, any other statistical things that he needs to reach because he wouldn't have come back this year if he felt like there was all these statistical categories that he needed to reach because he'd already reached all of them. <laughs> the only thing left for Tom Brady to do to further his legacy, the only thing for him in his mind that he could possibly come back and play for is to finish in New England in a Patriots uniform, to finish what he started, to give everybody that happy feeling that Tom Brady was able to finish his career where it all started, and he was able to smooth things over with everybody in the Patriots organization. So that's why I feel that Tom Brady is going to look at his situation in Tampa and say, okay, Bruce Arians, he might retire. They have salary cap problems. They've got guys that are, that are probably going to have to leave. They're not going to be able to keep together the weapons that they had which brought him there in the first place. AB's already gone. And so the situation to win there is not what it was when he decided to go there. So in this case, because he loves the process of preparing for football and he wants to finish his career where it started, I think he ends up in New England next year. 
So what happens to Mac Jones? He learns under Brady for a couple more years, and then right when it's his opportunity to hit that uh, that rookie fifth year option, they pick up the fifth year option, and then that's when he'll probably take over, be the starter, and then at that point, then they can decide, hey, you pay him the long term deal, or ah, he's not exactly the guy we thought he was, and we can go and find a different quarterback. But to me, that's the perfect option for Brady. It's the perfect op- option for Mac Jones to be able to learn under Brady for a couple more seasons and then develop and grow so that when it is your fifth-year option, now you're able to go on the field and prove or not prove that you can be the guy long-term for the New England Patriots. Yeah. We all just got real dumb. Don't If you're listening <laughs> yeah, at home. I don't know about that. We all just got dumber for having to listen to that. Please do not spread that misinformation. <laughs> well, what do you think Brady ends up? I think Brady, I think he just keeps playing. I think that they're, you know, if, if yeah, if Godwin, if they had AB, when now we understand the situation, and I tweeted this, if AB was there, they would have won the game. He's gone. If AB wasn't there and Godwin was healthy, they would have won the game. Like, um, I, and and they would have went, went on to take on the 49ers. I don't know about that. Another game that they probably would have won, to be honest. I mean, they, they were one player away from winning that game. They were teeing off. And Tristan Wirfs wasn't there, right? Like, so he doesn't have his top tackle. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have... uh one of his top two options on the outside and they still what lost by you know a great throw from Matt Stafford so i don't know i don't i don't think it's that big of a deal to him that he's lost in the playoffs i think it's just one of those storylines that I continue agree. to say for the last 10 years i think he comes back and and goes for it again one of the things people have been talking about this week is well tom brady wants to go out winning a super bowl and i want i want to hear your take like do you think it's really important for him to leave this game after winning a Super Bowl? I don't think it's important. I don't think it's like a, a make or break for him to to go out on a Super Bowl high. And I think that for certain players, the stars need to align and you do want the the, the kind of fairy tale ending, kind of like Peyton Manning did it. Um, he didn't play great. He was benched that year, right? But it did work out for him. He got to go out on top. That's what Drew Brees was hoping for. And I think for normal players... It's like, man, the fairy tale ending, you know, very, very unrealistic. But for Tom Brady, I don't think it matters to him, but I just don't think it's far-fetched. Like, if he didn't make the Super Bowl this year, I don't know what the statistics are, but they're probably even higher that he makes it next year or that he wins it. Like, just look over his career. This is what happens. Wins the Super Bowl, might win two in a row, might win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And so even if he did want to go out on top, if he plays – two or three more years he'll likely win a super bowl and that's just statistics i can only think of two guys off the top of my head like great players all-time greats that were able to go out on top jerome bettis which was a great story because he won it in detroit which is where he grew up with the steelers and then was able to Mm. retire and then ray lewis um won a super bowl was able to retire but he was a shell of his his former self that year that they won the super bowl um, and I, I know there's one more, but I, I can't think of it exactly. But either way, like the the chances of you being able to go out and win a Super Bowl and then retire are so slim because here's what happens. The mentality of a athlete, especially a Hall of Fame type athlete, which is the type of class of guys we're talking about, about going on top. If you win a Super Bowl as as a quarterback, you're definitely in your mind thinking, I just won a Super Bowl. I brought my team to a Super Bowl. We won a Super Bowl. And I'm not ready to retire. I can still do this for two or three more years. And usually it's just like when you're going bald, like I am, you're always the last person to realize you just need to go with the shaved head. 
Like everybody else around you is laughing at your comb over that you got going on for two or three years, but you're the last one to realize and accept that you just can't do it anymore. And you got to buzz your head. And that's exactly what happens when you're a hall of fame player. You are the last one to look in the mirror and realize I can't do it anymore because in order to get yourself to that level, you've been having to prove the doubters wrong your entire life. And that's the mentality that you've grown and you've developed. And it doesn't go away easily. It doesn't go away overnight until it's proven over and over and over again that you can't do it. So for a quarterback to be able to go out on top, it's nearly impossible. I Maybe Peyton Manning. Was he the, the, the third one that I was thinking about that won a Super Bowl and then retired? Yeah, Peyton Manning went out on top. You see? They had an amazing defense. Like everything had to be so perfect for Peyton because he was not exactly the Peyton Manning we remembered. And you could tell like he was praying that he won a Super Bowl, but he couldn't wait to get off the field because he didn't feel good and comfortable about the performances that he was putting out there because he wasn't himself anymore. Like, I don't think that applies at all to Tom Brady. He's totally different. I totally agree. Like everybody is trying to put ourselves into Tom Brady's shoes and making a decision based on logic, what normal people would look at like oh stats he wants to win another super bowl he wants to hit this mark and that mark and that's just never been who tom brady is the reason he's the goat is because of the sacrifice and the discipline mentally that he has that nobody else on the history of the planet earth has never ever had and he doesn't think about it like we do like he doesn't think about winning the super bowl he just thinks about the process and it's the cliches that we constantly hear from him. They were like, ah, you know, in his head, there's something deeper going on. And, you know, he really is thinking about the stats and he's thinking about this and that, that normal people think about, but he doesn't, he literally just thinks about things in, in little boxes. Like today, what do I have to do in order to try to chase a championship? What do I have to do to give my team the best? And the things that he says in the media that are boring and cliche. And that's why when you listen to his radio show, it's not exactly explosive and crazy and interesting like because his brain thinks in cliches like <laughs> i just want to give my team the best chance to win and it's not important to me down the line i don't think down the line that's exactly how he thinks and it's a product of what he learned working under bill belichick he is a maniac and i think he does care and i think he does care about super bowl specifically because well yeah he wants to win the super bowl but i don't but there's no more amount of super bowls that he could win that would mean anything he could win four more, and it hardly means anything because he's already won so many more than anybody else. He's already so far past the next person and even what anybody else will even be able to accomplish in his lifetime that it's irrelevant. He's he's not competing against people from his past. Like, he's beat them already. He's competing against the next Tom Brady. Like, that's what he's thinking about. Like, I'm trying to pad this so crazily that you, you have to be the – uh unanimous goat to to surpass what i'm going to do because i'm going to play for the longest amount of time i'm going to play the best like you talked about all those guys that were shells of themselves tom brady is not 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 just a shell of himself he's probably just as good as he's ever been there is a slight chance he wins the mvp this year i mean i think it'll go to aaron Rodgers, but there's a slight chance that enough people were pissed off at aaron Rodgers for like the off-field uh vaccination stuff that tom brady has a legitimate argument. I think he I think he should win it, to be honest. Like, even outside of just people not liking Aaron Rodgers and like that that Bozo reporter from Chicago that said, I don't mm -hmm. like him as a person, so I'm not voting for him. <laughs> eh, that's not exactly <laughs> that why we gave you a MVP vote. But outside of that, like, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't win and Tom Brady wins, like, there's a great argument because he had one of the greatest seasons that we've ever seen from a quarterback. 
that's my point. Like, it's not unrealistic for him to win a Super Bowl. It may be unrealistic for most people that they won't go out on top. Tom Brady, it's not unrealistic. If he made the decision six months ago, that would have been the case. And it wasn't like, man, you you put, he didn't put a season together that we were surprised about. Yeah. He didn't put a season together this year we're surprised about. We're surprised he's still playing so long, but he's still the best. Like, there's still not a quarterback that I would say, oh, I'd rather take this quarterback no. over Tom Brady. I don't give a damn how great Josh Allen is playing. Yeah. I don't care how great Patrick Mahomes is playing. Aaron Rodgers, psh, no. That's not even really a rivalry between those two anymore. Like, he's still just as good, if not better, than 95% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. No, I mean, you're exactly right. But did you hear the, some of the comments that he made right after the game on his show, but then also during that week of preparation, he'd been talking uh, in the production meeting to Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. And basically the gist of it was, it's not crucial for me to go out after winning a Super Bowl. And I think a lot of people took that as, oh, that means he thinks he's going to lose potentially because he doesn't have the weapons this year because of all the injuries they've suffered on offense. So he doesn't think he's going to win this year. And that was his way of floating that trial balloon and saying, hey, I might retire even though I didn't win it all this year. And when I heard those comments, I actually thought the opposite. To me, that only furthered the thought in my head that Brady plays not specifically to win a Super Bowl. Like, that's not his obsession is winning. Like, going out and having that adrenaline of a Sunday. Like, that's not why he plays. He plays because he's obsessed with the process. And a lot like Joe Paterno, if you remember towards the end of Joe Paterno's career, I was playing at Wisconsin, he was coaching at Penn State, mm -hmm. and he was like 80-some years old. He'd already broken all the records for number of wins. And they asked him, like, when are you going to retire? And he's like, retire? Why would I retire? I got nothing else I'd love to do besides coach football. And that's Tom Brady. Can you tell us outside of playing a little bit of shitty golf against Peyton Manning? Like, what else do we see Tom Brady being obsessed with and just loving to do off the field besides training and preparing for an NFL season? Yes, family. Yes, his wife, his kids. We get that. That's important for everybody who's got those things. But it doesn't compare to his obsession with the process of getting ready for an NFL football season. And when I heard those comments, that meant in my head that Brady was saying, I don't really care what the end result is. I'm obsessed with the process and I'm going to continue to do this process until they drag me off the field. And it's probably going to be a long time until that happens. Remember when we talked about Odell Beckham Jr. taking his salary in Bitcoin back in November? Well, it looks like that decision may have backfired a little bit because according to sports business analyst Darren Rovell, that $750,000 deal that OBJ signed with the Rams has now netted him only $35,703 to be exact after Bitcoin's price crashed recently. So Hawk. Does OBJ need a business manager or are there some misconceptions going on here with the whole I told the team to pay me in Bitcoin thing? Does OBJ need a business manager? OBJ's business managers make more than everybody a part of this show. <laughs> what, in what world do people think OBJ is just on in top of his computer just making making these decisions in a vacuum by himself? I mean, I'm talking about he probably has a business manager, a talent manager, a football agent, a talent agent, a financial advisor, a financial analyst. I mean, the list, literally, he probably has a team of, of 15 to 20 people mm -hmm. of the probably mm -hmm. tip top people in the sports and business industry. So 
that that's ridiculous number one number two okay bitcoin is down and darren Ravel thought it would be a cool tweet i can't tell you how wrong it is mm. there's so many holes in this that if you don't have information mm-hmm. you're kind of just talking number one we know joe teams aren't paying an actual bitcoin right <laughs> and even if they did what? you're able to convert literally at the same time that you get it so you could turn that into cash at any moment so cash app is the third party who obj was doing this through number one he gets talent fees probably upwards of six to seven figures Mm. just to say it because that's what they pay him for and then also when he gets the checks let's say he gets his salary in bitcoin which is equal to the u.s dollar at the time when it goes up he can cash it out and turn it into to cash so we don't know if he did that we don't know if he let the money go up or even now He's still getting the cash equivalent on a week-to-week basis because we get paid weekly in the NFL. So there's so many holes to this yeah. that, I mean, if you don't understand, say you don't understand, because I can, I can honestly tell you, I don't fully understand this shit. <laughs> and you own Bitcoin. I'm not also, <laughs> also going to be like, man, this guy is dumb. Like that, I don't know. Yeah. That just, Aaron Rodgers also took his money in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And, and That's what he said. Like, where was that tweet at? Yeah. So basically, this is a big marketing play. And I'm surprised that Darren Rovell fell for it. Although... He is in the media world, and so any click's a good click, right? That's kind of what yeah, this tweet was yeah, all about. But you would think that Darren Ravel would intentionally not be as interested in misleading his audience by reinforcing this OBJ took his salary in Bitcoin because there's a lot of issues with this, and I'll just go over it real quickly. But one, if a team committed to pay a player in Bitcoin in like August and then they had to pay it throughout the season and he had like a bonus at the end of the year or something. What happens if they buy those Bitcoins at the beginning of the season, the team does with their money. And then it goes to like a really, really low number. And at the end of the season, now what are they going to do when the player's all pissed off and the player feels really crappy? Like, okay, now you've made your player really upset. Consequently, if you agree to pay him in Bitcoin, and then you don't buy the Bitcoin until the end of the season and it goes way up, let's say it triples. Well, now all of a sudden, the 750000 that you're going to pay Odell, but now you have to take out three times that much to be able to buy the Bitcoin to give it to Odell. Now you're going to be pissed off because you didn't agree to pay him that much money. On top of that, now you're going to have salary cap issues because there's this thing called the salary cap in the NFL where you can't just willy-nilly give whatever you want. Like, I remember when we were playing, we were getting, like, Bose headphones and, like, a couple other, like, nice little perks that they would give all the players. But I remember there was a rule that it couldn't be over a certain value or it was going to count against the salary cap. So if the Rams even wanted to pay Odell in Bitcoins, they've got all sorts of salary cap implications. They've got really big issues that they don't want to deal with risk-wise in the Bitcoin going up and down after they buy it to be able to go give it to Odell. And the final thing is the tax implications. I'm not a tax attorney. I don't pretend to be one, but there's going to be all sorts of tax issues when you're buying other investments to go pay your employees. Like if I just went to Amazon and said, hey, for this podcast, I'd like you to pay me in diamonds and gemstones. 
What do you think they're going to say? Like, as an employee, you're not allowed to just decide what type of value <laughs> item that they pay you in. Like, oh, by the way, Cleveland Browns, I don't want to take my salary this year in American dollars. I'm going to take it in ownership stock of this team, and you have to agree to it. Like, let's be real. This is not really happening. And I think these players, like you mentioned, they're making a lot of money off the ad revenue of, like, promoting these crypto sites or whatever that they're promoting at the time. Um, but what they're all basically trying to say is my intention is because I'm getting paid to take my salary and buy the similar amount of Bitcoin as whatever the salary was based on the Bitcoin price at that moment in time, whether Odell Beckham even did this or not, we have no idea, but I'm sure he has some Bitcoins and they've probably gone down in value. It's funny because if you just listen to us talk about it, you, it's very easy to point out that we have no idea what the hell we're talking about. You're, you're saying Bitcoin is yeah. plural. You're saying they're going to buy the Bitcoin no at the season to pay what you the at the end. Is. None of it. None, no clue. none of what you said made sense. Don't have a cent of it. None of what I said made sense. All I know is the Rams absolutely are not paying him in Bitcoins. They are paying him in U.S. dollars. And then whatever Odell Beckham <laughs> wants to do with that, he can do with that. If he wants to buy chain restaurants in the strip mall, old country buffets, he can do whatever he wants. I'm sure he can get a really nice old country buffet advertisement if he agrees to say that the Rams are paying me in old country buffet franchises. <laughs> uh, but we digress here because I'm starting to get a little hungry. Well, the funny thing is uh, you said they, it's ridiculous. Like they wouldn't pay a player in ownership. Did you know that's how Mario Lemieux, he made like $300 yeah. million dollars this year because the Penguins owed him so much money. <laughs> yes. They were in financial trouble. He told them to pay him. I love it. And 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 Pittsburgh Penguins uh, ownership stake, mm -hmm. and they just sold. I think, and he he made like four hundred million dollars this year for that. Good for him. I want to say there was a a baseball player that had something like that too, and that's all the more reason why teams don't want to do that, especially when you look at the value of NFL franchises over the last I don't know hundred years. They've skyrocketed, and so there's no way they want to give any of that equity to anybody else. I. I Hey, I would love to have a little bit of a stake in the Cleveland Browns or basically anybody. I don't even care if it's the <laughs> Jacksonville team? Jaguars or whoever the lowest revenue grossing team in the NFL is. It doesn't matter. The NFL is making fistfuls of money. And there's certainly nobody wants to have to, uh, among that ownership group, give away any of that equity. It's just too valuable. Here, here's the thing about um, Bitcoin. There was a good pause of silence as if you didn't know anything about Bitcoin. Here's the thing about something I know nothing about. Let me tell you something I know nothing about. Please stand in the back so you can sit in the front. I don't I don't know if you remember when we first started this podcast, I was really getting into the cryptocurrency game. I remember that. And trying to figure out what this thing was all about. And I still don't know what the hell it's about. But I bought some Bitcoin and I ended up getting out because I'm like, oh, I made a little bit of cash. That was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Hey. Had had I stayed in there, I that amount of money mm. would have been like 20x. I'll tell you right now, the amount that I would have now, I think it's like three million dollars. A billion dollars. Three billion dollars. Three million dollars in Bitcoin for nowhere near that amount. Man, you really screwed up. Yeah, I messed up. So yeah. And if you had that amount of money, you wouldn't be doing this podcast. It would be the <laughs> the the Grad, 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 Tom football show. Tom Kowski 
<laughs> show. Tomkowski Tom football show. The Tomkowski. It would be the Tomkowski football show with Joe Thomas and Bruce Greg Kazi because Hawk would be chilling on the beach somewhere, exactly. very socially distant from all human beings, maybe even wrap himself in a bubble, but he'd be living the dream, drinking Mai Tais on the beach. Keep your Bitcoin, Odell. More of the story. All right, Joe, we're winding down here. I think it's time for us to make some not-so-smart picks for this uh, conference championship weekend. Again, we have the 49ers taking on the Rams in L.A. and the Cincinnati Bengals going to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Let's start there in the AFC. I think we both know who I'm picking, but we'll maybe shock some people. Joe, who you got? I would love to see the Bengals win, my friend, but Uh-oh. as hot as the Kansas City Chiefs are, and like we've talked about a lot on this show, there's two things that win and play of football. It's teams that are hot, and you can tell the teams that are hot because they're improving in December and into the playoffs by winning close games. For me, Chiefs are really hot. Bengals mm. are out too, but Chiefs are hotter, and they've got better quarterback play. You heard it. Here, just a few minutes ago from Andrew Hawkins, who said Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he outplayed Josh Allen last weekend. As much as I would love to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl, as much as I would love to see Joe Cool in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs are going to win this game and get back to the Super Bowl again. Listen, I mean, the Chiefs are balling. Um, I I agree with all that, but I got to pick the Bengals, man. Mm. I mean, they're on a two- game playoff win streak for the first time in 31 years yeah i don't know it just feels special i can't really tell you why it's early in the week i haven't got a chance to break down the tape but i'm going with the Bengals. i think joe burrow pulls it out and i think i think we see another quarterback battle similar to what we've seen make sure to make sure to uh invite me to that zoom meeting when you're breaking down the madden tape between the chiefs and the Bengals to kind of determine now who's going to win this one but (laughs) how great would it be to see the lombardi trophy on that cart that uh, the Bengals use for their media. Like <laughs> Bengals fans, they'd be tagging me and bringing me into their Super Bowl celebration. I would love it at Joe Thomas 73. You idiot. You said the Bengals were cheap and our cart, our media cart was stupid. Look at you, you moron. I'm like, keep coming. Keep bringing me in, baby. I love it. All click is a good click. All right. So now we're going to talk NFC. Who we got? 49ers or the LA Rams? Yeah, I would love to see Kyle Shanahan get into the Super Bowl and get his Super Bowl win. But unfortunately, quarterback play is a huge discrepancy in this game with Matt Stafford. Both teams obviously really hot, winning close games last week. But uh, Matt Stafford, in good weather especially, I think will show how much of a better quarterback he is than Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's interesting. Did you notice three out of the four head coaches in the conference championship game are either named Kyle Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan disciples mm. because that system is just better than everybody else's. It's just how it works, man. And he reads pretty good too. We've been telling everybody and the quarterbacks to your point are, are really good. I'm going with the 49ers. I got a 49ers Bengals Super it. Bowl, which I think the league office probably is like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. So are the people that are getting tickets to the games. Like when we were uh, NFL players, we got tickets to the games. And I certainly would never sell uh, Super Bowl tickets. But the ones that would are looking for a better matchup than that because <laughs> yeah. they want to be able to make the money uh, on those Super Bowl tickets. Uh, I know you and I are upstanding citizens, and we wouldn't even ever consider that. But I'm a little nervous. I'm picking 
totally opposite of you. And you were 4-0 last week, and I was 2-2. Two two. I, I struggled a little bit after being undefeated in the uh, the opening round of the playoffs. So picking against Hawk right now is uh, not exactly the smartest move that I've ever made. I think I'm 8-2 and two in the playoffs. But I've never exactly been accused of making a lot of smart moves <laughs> not sure. in my life because I'm a lineman. That's not my MO. Smart things, we don't get along. Uh, and and I should also say, check back later in the week for my picks once I break everything down. I'm picking with my heart right <laughs> yeah. now. It's early in the week. I'm picking with my heart, mm. and I will admit that. My later in the week picks are my official picks. But right now, I got Bengals 49ers. I told mm. my son that if the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, we're getting tickets. It'll be our first Super oh, Bowl that we go to. If the, bagel, awesome. if the Bengals go, That's awesome. I will be in attendance. So <laughs> he's obviously pulling for Cincinnati as well. Where does Austin's fandom lie? Because he was such a Browns fan, and I know that you were a Bengals fan growing up. So I feel like, have you like brought him into the Bengals nation, the Who Day nation at all? This is this is, this is is a great question from you, Joe. And let me be very clear. I We don't subscribe in our household that you can only have one team that you like. Okay, I like that. I don't know who made those rules. I like that. But as you know, Joe, I'm not too fond of rules. Yeah. And we honestly and truly root for both the Bengals mm. and That's the Browns. Okay. Now, for my son Austin, his 1A is is, is mm-hmm. Cleveland. He is absolutely, if it comes down to it, he is torn on, you know, Browns, Bengals game days. But it's like probably a little notch to Cleveland. But he does love Cincinnati because, again, his uncle played there. I played there. We had two cousins that played in Cincinnati. I grew up a Bengals fan. We, Our family lives in Cincinnati since I've been in second grade. And so, I mean, there's so many, like, you know, fam- familiar and personal ties to both the organizations. But for him, I mean, if you see him on a Cincinnati game day, he roots for him the same way he does the Browns. He does a little tick to the Browns. But, yeah, he, he absolutely loves both teams. And he loves Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. as well. And he'll say – when Lamar Jackson, I love Lamar Jackson. He says, when they play the Browns, the next day, I want him to be healthy. I want him to go into that week and throw for 500 yards. But when he plays the Browns, I hope he sucks and plays the worst <laughs> games of his life. That's what he says. And Lamar Jackson is his favorite player. So that tells you how how my son is rocking. I like it. You know, it's funny. My son's five, and uh, he's like your son. I, it's it's just this generation they have a team, but they have maybe a backup team and and they love players too. And I think it's kind of cool. Like yep. my son obviously loves the Browns, but he likes the Packers a little bit because all of his friends are Packers fans. Uh, he loves Russell Wilson, which I'm not exactly sure why I like Russell Wilson. Cause he was a Badger. But other than that, like Russell Wilson is not out there in the, <laughs> in the spotlight right now, but he loves right, Russell right, Wilson so right. much. Um, so it's pretty cool, but uh, I'm trying to get my son over this idea that uh, we should be cheering for injuries. Like anybody the Browns are playing, he's like, All right, "Who's injured?" Like we we hope this guy gets injured. And I'm like, "Well, no, that's like not how it goes." I, I realize that how it works. Son. You want their best players not available because it helps your team to win, like on a caveman level. Like that's cool, but that this is still a sport on some level and we shouldn't exactly be cheering for these guys to be injured. And he still hasn't wrapped his mind around that yet. We want to win, but don't be an asshole. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We want everyone to be healthy. All right. Well, that does it for today's episode of the Tom and Hawk football show. Make sure you tune in again next week.
Yeah, don't forget to add the Tom and Hawk Football Show Flash Briefing in your Alexa app, and then tell Alexa to play my Flash Briefing to hear the Monday minicast through your Echo device. And remember, our Monday minicast is now available everywhere for the rest of the football season, so you can listen to both our Monday and Wednesday shows on Amazon Music or wherever you listen. Joe, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, your Aunt Julia the Hurricane Hawkins recently set a world record for the 100-meter dash at the ripe young age of 105 years old. So I figured I'd get a shout out to another one of your family members breaking athletic records. Mm. Uh, If there's one thing I want in life, it is to have some of the DNA from the Hawkins tree to be able to sort of morph somehow. Maybe we can do some sort of vaccine morph into my DNA and uh, create the athletes that are living and breathing within the Hawkins Mm. family tree. Shout out to Julia, the Hurricane Hawkins. Hawk, uh, if you see her at Thanksgiving, tell her congratulations for me. I will. Congratulations on Julia. Take us out, Joe. Joe Hawk yourself.